Yo, welcome back to Monday Night Hustlers, the internet's number one poverty podcast. Uh, episode seven. Um, we got our we got our first internet bag. The boys got paid. Not really, but. Yeah. Did we even talk about that? Yeah, we did in the beginning. <laughs> it was short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just just like our paycheck. But uh, but yeah, we're back and uh, had some food. Yeah, today uh, on the menu with uh, Chef Hamden, we had some delicious oven-roasted chicken thighs, <laughs> spiced just right. They came out real moist. We let them uh, <laughs> we let them marinate on the stove after they popped out of the oven for 25 for 28 minutes. If anyone is interested, there was also some roasted potatoes, sliced up really thin, and then the to top it off, we uh, poured the chicken grease that was sitting at the bottom of the pan over the potatoes to give it a rich, crispy, and delicious texture. I think Waleed, recipe will be recipe will be posted uh, on our website. Maybe I'll change the new uh, the new cover art um, of, of the podcast, but yeah, I didn't get a picture, but next time. But yeah, on today's episode, we talked about uh, mental health. Got a got a guest appearance from Dan's girlfriend Rachel. Shout out Rachel, uh, most the number one positive human being on, on the planet. So Rachel, thanks for hopping on, giving a giving a quick shout out to uh, Dan and everyone here and my glasses. Uh, so kind of went into uh, culture and my. One of my favorite new Instagram follows, Peter.710. Shout out to homie. Always stay positive. Is that his area code? I'm going to guess it is. But yeah. And then we ended with uh, some self-awareness, common sense, and Nick sharing some insights. Nick and Dan both sharing insights about, you know, what it's like a, a change. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stuff there. Uh, they just debuted a new email. Also... They have uh, a new feature in their app to, to help rate their app in the app store. So check it out. Rate them. Tell them what you think of the app. Five stars. Yes. Five stars. Always. Next week I'll be in Vegas. So we're going to try and do, we're going to try to test Anchor's uh, feature conference, uh, the conference feature and see how that works. Real quick. Next real week. quick. Mm-hmm. The 7-1 area code is a special area code reserved for the federal government of the United States. 710. 710. That's the area code. Oh, well, that's... Oh, that's it? That's that's the area code. It's for the government. He's probably on that cricket plan. Yeah. Who called? No, that's... No. uh, (laughs) The guy's name was Peter 710. I'm like, oh, that's got to be his area code. He's probably on that cricket plan. But yeah, shout out, Peter. Um, Hope everyone gives him a follow, too. Maybe he'll give us a shout out. Uh, on the pod, but uh, tune in next week if I'm gonna be dead in Vegas or not. But uh, fuck that. Stay positive. Do whatever the fuck makes you happy, and um, yeah. hope you enjoy. All right, yo. Episode seven. The date is Monday, March eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, this weekend was St. Patrick's Day, so Nick, did you do anything over this weekend? Celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day? No, so I, I Ubered around a little bit and, and got to witness some of the shenanigans. And 
I just, um, I kind of realized that as we grow old and things like this happen, there's always going to be a new generation that does the same shit. Yep. Um, and, I just, you know, at this age, I don't get it. But back then, it was a blast. Yeah. What do you mean, getting shit-faced? For... Yeah, it's getting shit-faced and, like, being ridiculous. And I, I miss the... Uh... I literally saw a little person dressed as a leopard. <laughs> I literally saw that. I'm like, no way. Did you, did you pick him up in an Uber? No, I didn't pick him up in an Uber. Did you have any interesting passengers? Uh, no interesting passengers. So I, I Ubered in the morning getting people to the bars to get drunk, and I stopped as soon as I started smelling booze in the air. <laughs> smart, smart. Um, Made my money and dipped out. I actually saw somewhere that uh, it was in the Tribune on Sunday that Cindy's Rooftop downtown, the bar, is offering now a, a drink list of non-alcoholic cocktails. Yeah. Why? Do you think? Do you think our our society is moving towards like seeing alcohol as a bad thing again? I kind of think so. I was actually it was, it was so weird. I was talking about it on Saturday because I, I was out. I was at Old Town because uh, a friend was visiting and he won. He's a Michigan State alum, so he wanted to see the uh, Michigan State basketball game. And uh, the homie Kent, our number one listener, shout out you. Um, it's okay, Doug. I feel like no one's an alcoholic these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, I was telling him, I was like, I think all these vices, all these vices are gonna die, like gambling, drinking, smoking. Um, but uh, we walk through old town, and there are plenty of people still drinking. All the young kids, but uh, but yeah, it's. I think we're getting this. Our generation is a lot smarter. It might also be just us growing older and not getting a shit faced anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not exposed to it as much. But yeah, like but these bars aren't dying; they're yeah. they're doing fine. But I think there's like a lot more like. <laughs> Thing, you know, the internet obviously is very popular, but like you're seeing a lot of like uh, stories that like sometimes highlight the worst parts about drinking more so. Like everything is just accentuated now with like the internet. So that's true. Yeah, I still think it'll be out. Kids will be alcoholics for sure. Like, well, I mean, they say I, I think binge <laughs> drinking is not something that has subsided, like percentage wise, statistically speaking. Yeah, I understand. Maybe it's dipped a little bit, but I mean, part of college culture and just young people, I mean, so pervasive and. I missed, I missed, uh, especially in the age of, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but in the age of, of Instagram and everybody living online and that's how so many people get their, their version of their life out is by, oh, this is what I'm doing on the weekends, you know, doing beer bongs and, you know, with like, what is it, the, the bills, like they do the, the bills mafia, yeah, yeah, they body slam each other yeah, through tables while everyone's boozing, like that's, yeah. that kind of behavior is, uh, what's get, gets notoriety. So I mean, we've seen that shit when we were at Western Illinois, like, oh yeah, yeah. So what I'm like, saying, yeah. I mean, we had Facebook and stuff, but it wasn't as, there was no, no Snapchat. There we didn't no, have smartphones. There was no influencers, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. So, Dan, what you I think thinking? it's still relevant. Oh, yeah, yeah. The drinking, it's just, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 well, I mean, as, as more weed gets legalized through country, or states, I mean, I think there might <laughs> be a, high. yeah, exactly, I think there'll be a dip in alcohol. I think even, like, weed is going to die, too. I think, I think that'll die, too. It won't be, like, as cool, because no. it's legal. Yeah, that means everyone's going to be doing it. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. That goes into our later topic, mental health. <clears throat> Alright. What'd you do this weekend, Dan? Uh, I did have two tree Irish car bombs, but that's because my <laughs> buddy brought a Guinness and knockoff Baileys to the crib. Knockoff Baileys? Yeah, it was called O'Connor's. Never seen in my life, but it was pretty good. Did you get a bad hangover, hangover from it? No, it was fine. <clears throat> but he just, uh, he, <laughs> I, uh, 
invited him over and you know we're just chilling and he brought some guinnesses he's like <laughs> he's like it's St. Paddy's they got a taste for him and they were delicious but nice you know, we had a couple of drinks back okay uh, alright so I guess that's our recap from uh, this weekend in St. Paddy's Day obviously I think I think Chicago celebrates it better than almost Harder, any, yeah. Yeah, any city in, Amer- in America as she was saying it's like I'm surprised at how hard like Chicago parties on there's something it's like a very Chicago on the news yeah. this weekend that said something along those lines like uh, even, even Boston's got a larger Irish population McGregor McGregor so. was at the Irish parade yeah he was and he he's was. like in Ireland we celebrate St. Paddy's Day on St. Paddy's Day uh huh and he's like, here, you guys celebrate it all week. Uh-huh. So, I mean... It's a lot of fun. People just like... I mean, people like to drink. That's why. It's true. They just That's need true. a good excuse. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's an excuse to get shit first. I just got an email that Scott ordered a chair on Amazon. Let's <laughs> check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just one chair. The Very wish list is here. Oh, yeah, the wish <laughs> list. Oh, this is the most gamey chair in the world. Look at it. It's got well, it's a computer. Yeah, computer slash gaming chair. Okay. That's Full pretty dope. Gaming chair. Yeah, so that's something. Um, I'm, I'm eventually. I, I'm. I'm gonna take uh, Nick's Amazon, and I'm gonna create a wish list. It's gonna be called Dan's wish list. It's gonna be a new segment. So if you guys just want to order stuff off of Nick's Amazon and make him pay for it. Oh, dude! I it. found some other good stuff that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that's just ridiculous. That that is. I mean, it, it is something that's becoming like a reoccurring thing on on this show. So uh, always we're gonna yeah, we're gonna make a fucking something out of it. So uh, when we when we get uh, our millions and millions of listeners, then. They're just gonna just buy all our wish list. Yeah, we'll start buying the, uh, we'll start buying these those mystery boxes I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like they do. We'll YouTube. open it up. We'll do the YouTube clickbait, like the shop, like oh my god, this yeah. got sent to us. Um, but yeah, all right. Scott got games. a game. Sure. Uh, Dan, your girlfriend is FaceTiming. Oh god. Do you want to do you want to have a feature on here? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, we're doing our podcast, Bubba. Bubba. You're live. You're, you're live. <laughs> Say hi. Pod. Where's the speaker? Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, I like your glasses. Oh, thanks. I can. They frame I, your face very nicely. Yeah, my fat face. Did you want? Did you want to add anything to the podcast? Um. Well, I just think that stay in school, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Education is powerful. Good night. Alright, I love you. I'll text you soon. Good night, Rachel. Good night. Alright, that's Dan's girlfriend, Rachel. Thanks for contributing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it live. Alright, so let's keep it moving. Uh, Boys, we secured our first, uh, proud to say, our first internet bag. Um, I don't know if, whatever you guys, would would you count change getting payments uh, in it? Internet bag? No. All right, good. I thought, yeah, by definition, the bag was supposed to be a large sum of money. Got it. Yeah. No, we secured the bag. Uh, and by bag, I withdrew 37 cents, got charged a 25 cent withdrawal fee, so that leaves us with 12 cents. Therefore, it's more of the purpose. You guys all get three cents. Purpose, but, uh, we're not giving it, we're not putting it to the man. You guys all get three we cents. We reinvested in R&D, and then we won't have to pay taxes like Bezos. Okay. I'm, I'm done with that. Um, you Put me in touch with your lawyer. Um, I will pay him until we start making a profit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, congrats to all of you guys and your hard work. I really appreciate it. it. Only, what, seven episodes in? So, nothing too bad. Yeah. And so, our next topic. 
we're going to get into mental health. So, Dan Scott, you guys wanted to talk about this? Well, Daniel brought up mental health, and uh, there's nothing specifically I could kind of come up with, but I was listening to a podcast, an old podcast with Joe Rogan and this uh, neuroscientist slash philosopher intellectual uh, named uh, Sam Harris. He got to talking to Joe uh, Rogan about free will. I don't want to talk about free will, but there's a specific uh, subject matter that they talked, uh, uh, they brought up in regards to free will, and it was about a, uh, um, I mean, unfortunately in the recent news we had the New Zealand um, shooting, but this was in regards to one that happened in the United States back in the 60s. A gentleman named Charles Whitman who uh, kind of had no history of um, mental health issues, uh, never been to a therapist, never been diagnosed with any type of disorder or whatnot, uh, and just one day... Um, I mean, he had left a, a suicide note and kind of explained that he wanted authorities to dissect his brain because he knew something was wrong with him despite never having any uh, previous issues. Um, killed his wife, his mother, and then went to a clock tower at the University of Texas and like uh, shot, killed like 14 people and injured um, like 30 total or something like that. Um, and after they dissected his brain, uh, he, it was shown that he had a tumor in a specific part of his brain that caused all these... Uh, suicidal thoughts and um, just aggression and this desire to kind of hurt people. Um, and I, it's a little bit about mental health what we're talking about, but I wanted to um, ask you guys specifically kind of about the free will um, part of this. Do you think that as we understand the brain more, the mind more, that our justice system and kind of putting people away for crimes they commit is something that is... Um, that punishment fits the crime or that we should look at people as more of like animals and that they're, um, so I'm sorry, let me rewind real quick. So Sam Harris goes on to talk about how we're kind of just products of our environment, um, genetics and random events are just the randomness of life. And that this guy just got dealt a bad hand kind of, and the tumor developed and it caused him to act out. And that had he not, you know, uh, died in the process and actually been caught, do you think it should be treated as something more of a mental health issue as opposed to just, Punish him and punishing him and seeking vengeance and, and, and either, you know, giving him life in prison or, or giving him the death penalty. Um, do you think as we... So, would, did he, sorry, but did he, you said he went to the cops first before he did anything? No, no, no. He he had, he left this this note uh, and then done the, uh, you know, <clears throat> the act. So, it sounds like he's li he lived his life and then this tumor... Kind of derailed uh, everything. Derailed everything. Yeah, right? yeah. And then well, what I supposedly, so, right? Yeah. So I just wanted so so he uses an analogy that if if you were out in nature or say you lived in a trailer home in Alaska where there's polar bears or he uses grizzly bears, but if there were bears in your vicinity, would you and they killed somebody? We wouldn't have the same type of visceral reaction that we would say <coughs> a person committing a crime or murdering somebody because we view animals as animals, part of nature, that's in that's <coughs> nature to kill things. Yeah. And Sam Harris is trying to make the comparison that people too are still animals and that we're, like I said, um, we are victims of our circumstance and genetics. And in this case, this guy developed a tumor that caused him to do this. Do you feel that our current justice system and the way we look at how people commit crimes is kind of... Um, is dynamic enough to address the future problems that we have or the people now or do you think that we should have a different approach like some more western countries like the the slavic countries that that try to re really rehabilitate their criminals so i just want to add to that because i wanted to start this topic and i was thinking of the new zealand thing because i act my friend shared a video to me in facebook and he's like watch this before it goes off or before it gets taken off <clears throat> and it was the guy yeah, his GoPro. Walking, walking, yeah, GoPro on his head, walking in the place, 
nonchalant, just capping people. Like he capped like the first two people, and this guy was crawling mm-hmm. after he got shot, and he just shot him again. He's turning corners, shooting people, and I'm and I. At one point, I can't stop watching, uh-huh. but at another point, it's like this is sick. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like after I watched it, I was like, this is just messed up. Like this is not right. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bring this up because it's kind of fresh and current events. And, but. and yeah. like you bringing up like different animals, like I feel like the humans humans are definitely more intellectual and can make a decision. They have and, a consciousness and don't live in an right. environment where it's survival of the fittest completely. Like, or they can at least go some, like, for most people, at least in the U.S., can go somewhere mm. where where it's safe. Um, but I completely agree with you with the, the, the type of action we take on those humans. Because, like, <clears throat> I think it was in the Philippines, I might be wrong, but I heard, I, I read this, like, research study that if, I'm going to use the Philippines just because I don't, I don't know what country it was, but they banned people from going to prison and instead of investing all that money into locking people up, they invested that money into like a mental health, uh, get people back to society, like structure and crime dropped like 60%. Like it was massive, like the massive amount of crime dropped. And I think if, as long as you get people to like, people want just to be cared about, want to be thought about, want to be thanked. And it's, like, what I always battle with the most is, like, making people feel appreciated all the time. Like, uh-huh. I, like you just don't... I don't think of that all the time. And, yeah. I like, I've, as I'm growing up, I try to, to you know, compliment more people or talk to more people. And yeah. Like, because but, you... Because you feel like that's part of, like, how you should act as, an, you know, for human... Like, a moral human or that... You just know that something as simple as a compliment can change somebody's. Well, I realized it because my girlfriend Rachel, which you just heard on this podcast, no joke, she walks into a room and she like lights up the place. Like she yeah. like is this LED light in your head, yeah. in your eyes, and you're like, she's weird in a way. Like you think she's abnormally like crazy kind. She will like random strangers compliment like just out of the blue and like she complimented my, my glasses right now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah out of a out of a facetime video that you yeah. were just poked in oh yeah. i like your glasses like it just yeah. like completely get, get, gets maybe, out of her instantly naturally like maybe like, it, like and, and, maybe she, and she's just so natural at it yeah and it's fucking like it blows my mind dude. yeah it literally blows my mind that makes me realize like how a dick of a person I am sometimes I'm not a dick but like I feel like a dick sometimes yeah. or like I'm you can just do a little she's, more she's making you better though like you're, you're taking <clears throat> you know steps to kind of uh, compliment people smile more things like that you know? yeah. well that's I mean is just that what her whole family is and no that's the crazy part like oh. she's like like uh, her family's awesome but like some you know there's they're crazy like yeah. a lot of women in her family so you know like yeah there's a lot of tension sometimes, but uh, it's crazy. And like, no matter where she goes, mm-hmm. someone knows her and someone recognizes her, recognizes her from a place she was at yeah, because she says, "Hey, nice glasses." Now you, like, you're a stranger. You're gonna remember this. She's a redhead. This redheaded girl yeah. said, "Oh, nice glasses." That's never gonna that's take going them off to, again. It's going to stick in your head. <laughs> yeah. 
and then next time you're at a like <sighs> this is a, this is a, a fucked up story I'm gonna bring up but uh-huh. we went to a strip club once uh-huh. and she just complimenting all the strippers no honey you're so, beautiful inside and out so I always made fun of her like everywhere we go someone knows you mm-hmm. Someone knows you. Well, they don't know about you, you by name, but they at least bring it up. Like, hey, I remember you from this place you used to work or this place or that. No joke. One of the strippers dancing was like, Rachel? <laughs> and then I, just, I literally grabbed my hand on my head and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> like we're at a strip club, you know, because like, you know, like. Whatever, my, my buddy wanted to go, and, like, I'm not a strip club per like, that much of a strip club person. Yeah. Uh, it's just more of an experience. And she's like, I just want to see what it's like. So she went with us. Uh-huh. And I just lost it. After, <laughs> after a stripper said, Rachel? Like, literally. <laughs> how, did, how did she remember? What, what happened? Uh, she used to work at this restaurant, that was, and she used to work nights as, like, a 24-hour diner. Uh-huh. And this girl would come there. Okay. At four o'clock in the morning, after her shift was probably over. Yeah, yeah. Then you know, probably complimented her or asked her about her day or some crazy, you know, like yeah. overly nice things and. Yeah, don't. I mean, it was crazy, but. I think back I, to the mental health yeah. and back to like. Uh, I, I think people just Do you think, need to know. Yeah. That you appreciate them and. Whatever way, because everyone has got a special talent, I think. Yeah. My advice, and it's like you I, did. Um, you yep. have to, even if it's your boss, and you like look up to them, like compliment them or say something nice to them, or let them be them. Or if it's someone that's supposedly a coworker or like a younger kid, or you know, like. So do you think uh, these people, these troubled people, like you think they they don't have the supporting cast? Around them, I don't think they have the supporting cast, and I and I think it starts spiraling down into whether it's hate of another kind like or religion or aggravation, and it's like you, you like look at some of these older like people that are like super, like like racist in a way, or like mm-hmm. they, they they like stereotype everybody because right. they're a certain type. It's because they're they don't go out as uh-huh. much and don't get the feedback. From, you know, let's say it's a black person that says, hey, how's your day going? You know, mm-hmm. or, you know, they usually just say quiet and to themselves yeah. and it, uh, it affects people. And <clears throat> that's only one aspect about mental health. There's like a whole other aspect about mental health about like pressure of like just being in society. Yeah. Like whether like I'm not talking about like all the people that shoot up, you know, like a church like that happened in New Zealand. I'm also talking about like going to school and competing with other students and needing to be on your top of your game or or just in general like in, even in your family about like having people like appreciate you or whatever bullshit and or just like in your friends or like social media it's like there's just so much these days and that's why I wanted to bring it up because I get stressed out I get depressed I have anxiety like yeah I mean, especially like, and it's and it's grown in the last couple of years for me, because of doing where, change. Like, because of doing change, yeah, mm-hmm. and so how do like you... I catch myself, I I can meditate, like I you meditate, oh yeah, the, so <clears throat> I landed in, I landed that. in the hospital for chest pains, when? and my doctor thought I was having a heart going to have a heart attack, when 
a year ago. Holy shit. And you're younger than me. How old are you? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I don't want to like scare you or anything, but like everything you mentioned is like the signs of having a, a stroke. Oh, fuck. And uh, so I went there and they're like, uh, like, we think it's anxiety. So you're like, you're what, like 27, 28? Yeah, I was like 27 at the time. Shit. Damn, I didn't know about that. Yeah, and it was, it was, uh, after that, like. You started to meditate? Like, I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but like, don't give a fuck as much. Like, every, like, <clears throat> stop thinking about every problem being like the worst case scenario. Yeah. And just, <clears throat> just think of it like a challenge. That's why I think like, there's this, there's this <clears throat> theory of like being present and being like happy with yeah. what's going on now. That's like what meditation helps you with. But also at the same time, you kind of take a step back and look at the big picture because you're dealing with like everyday things, whether it's at work or with your family or whatever <clears throat> it is, and you think it's the biggest problem in the world. But you take a step back and you realize that you can make a hundred mistakes a week and you're still doing amazing. Right? Yeah. You're still living this life. You're still eating. You have a house. You have, a, you have friends. You have all this stuff. But, you know, taking a step back, take a look at the bigger picture of like, all right, this is my life. I've got these friends. I've got this family being grateful for this stuff. I've got a job. I've got whatever. And then also at the same time, spending some time every morning. I like got out of the meditation stuff, but I used to meditate 10, 15 minutes in the morning, just sit in a chair, just kind of listen and whatever. Sometimes I used to pull into the K2 parking lot before I walked in, put meditation on Bluetooth in the car. Sat, close my eyes, sat, close my eyes. People were walking by and stuff. You just kind of sit there and, and be present just feel yeah like I, I, I always spend a parking spot mm-hmm. and I sit there for 10 minutes maybe some days half an hour that I just need to like take to myself because like my mind's yeah yeah, yeah the rest so, of the day you're on your laptop you're on Facebook <clears throat> you're checking all this stuff yeah like and you have to be like like especially starting a business you have to be active in that space <clears throat> and you have to like consistently look and consistently solve problems and it's like it just starts building. Mm-hmm. And like, I was always, a, I always have a hard time expressing my feelings. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, fuck it, you know. Throw some, throw some dirt on it. Go back out there, you know. And, that's, that, like and nat- that's what I did for months. Yeah, I think that's like the natural male instinct. Yeah. yeah to just sure. not express ourselves. For sure. And uh, meditation definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. And uh, just like uh, Friday... I, uh, like, got into this, like, negative spiral. I drove to work, found a free spot, found a free parking spot, which I always get excited about. <clears throat> I'm like, yes! And it was close to, like, yeah. the office. I'm like, man, it's gonna be a good day. I get out of my car, I forgot my book bag at home. <laughs> which was my number one tool, my laptop's in right. there, right? Yeah. And one of, like, the employees came, was coming into work that only comes in once a week, so I had to be there, you know, and I'm just like, and then that just added to that negative spiral. Mm. And then I, I let, let the person into our office, drove back home, decided to work from home because I'm like, I'm not going to drive another 45 minutes just to get back to the office. So I started to work from home. Spiral continued. I started getting chest pains. I went for, I'm like, after listening to all these books, like, you know, like if you're not being productive, go for a walk, take a nap, you know? Yeah. And then get back to it. So I went for a walk on the, uh, on this like, track behind my house and I was literally talking to myself and then at the same time I was like I'm going to be one of those crazy motherfuckers that are talking to themselves while they're walking and I'm just like laughing uh-huh. 
but then I asked myself, I'm like, what's, what's, what's important? Why are you stressing out? And like the first thing I said, oh, family, friends, my mom, my brother, <clears throat> my girlfriend, my friends, like, I'm like, you have all that. Why are you mad? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I, like, I'm like, I asked myself, I'm like, what do you want, what is most important right now? Like, what is the number one thing to you? And like, that's when I said this, this, and this, and the first three things were, my bucket was full. And that's why it's super important, especially for people that are, like, that don't have that full bucket of just, like, the basics of, hey, I have a family. Hey, I have people that care about me. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I have, you know, a wife, dad, mom, mom, brother, whatever. Like, some people, are, they're fucking dead. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, <clears throat> the dealership I worked at, one of the monster reps... The nicest guy I ever met, I thought he was a little weird just because he was, like, nice. Mm -hmm. Like, he would get a hard on talking about Mazdas. He'd be super involved in the racing. He'd be, like, every time we talked about, like, what the new developments came, he was, like, super, like, like, ecstatic about it. I just found out he was on vacation in North Carolina. A drunk driver hit him. He died. His wife left alone. And his buddy that was in his car, both survived. The wife and the, the buddy survived. Damn. And I see a post like, oh, you know, this guy was a great guy. And they put a sticker on one of the concept Mazda race cars with his name on it. Like a decal. Yeah, yeah. Like in memory of him. Holy shit. And I just text all my old coworkers. I'm like, dude, what happened? And he's like, oh, drunk driver hit him. Like, and that like just like made me think of like, dude. Who gives a fuck about this problem? Mm-hmm. Or, like, this issue, like... You started getting, like, more you perspective can, on life. Like, next Tuesday, one of us could be dead. Like, who cares? Like, right. at the same time. You know? And that's why I feel like people are always, uh... They live, they live in the moment. And that leads to uh, financial struggles. Because they think about now, not later. You know what I'm saying? Do you think they live more in, in, in fear? When they... Do you think you live more in fear when you when you live in the now rather than they fear about the future? Uh huh. And they don't think about it enough, right? But not? they they worry about like they take action about now. There's this so quote. what makes what makes me happy now, you know, right. rather than if I you know like I'm not like just bringing it back to finance. I'll save this hundred dollars, but this hundred dollars can make me happy now. I can buy some new pair of Nikes because it's now, instead of this hundred dollars is gonna make me happy when I'm sixty five. No one thinks that way. Um, you and I had a discussion at uh, Hops and Barley about instant gratification, how everyone seeks instant gratification, which is why it's so hard to say and all this other stuff. But I, I, I read this quote like five years ago and it's still in my head. It's like, it's like by this famous, it's like this famous proverb, but it's like, when you live in the future, you're anxious. When you live in the past, you're depressed. When you live in the present, you're, ha- you're happy. So like, taking all that into perspective... You're gonna go through all these different ebbs and flows of like how you're feeling, but does that kind of contradict like Dan's like living living in the now or no? No, like when you're living no, in the present, you're happy. That's 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 okay. why people are, people are always happy now. Oh, okay. Like they want to be happy now. That's why they they spend what makes them happy. Like if you now. think about just what's happening here right now, uh-huh. you'd be happy. Yeah. If you think about what you got going on tomorrow, work, you'd be like, oh shit, I gotta do all these things. And if you're thinking about, I got crap, I messed something up, I did something stupid, when I was drunk last week, then you're like depressed or like sad or embarrassed whatever yeah like you you rarely feel any negative emotions when you're living in the present yeah 
So, so I guess, kind of summarize, how, let's let's just say how how should one go about life more. Uh, one, if you're ever on social media, uh-huh. do nothing but praise people and thank them for what they're doing and yeah. compliment them on what they're doing, because that thirty second video of you know, doing an act or blowing shit up to entertain you or to fucking, you know, pr- pull a prank on you. Probably took 18 hours of trying to edit the video the right way just to make it viral or whatever. Like, yeah. just appreciate it and share the good things, fuck the bad things. Mm-hmm. And Even it's funny if people are going to share only bad things on yes. their, their social media, be the, be the rare people that, you know, share I'm kind stuff. of... See, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm very bad, where I'm kind of addicted to reading the comments. Yeah, it's addictive, yeah. It's, manu- it's manufactured. That's exactly right. And, and, and a lot of them are just negative. And it spirals. Like, this is a stupid fucking video. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, I used to get caught up reading a lot of YouTube comments uh, and some videos. One, uh, one was, like, a, a little kid, like, just, like, dancing on America's Got Talent. Uh, and someone, like, the first, like, the top comment, like, they got upvoted the most was, like, this fucking kid sucks at dancing. I can dance better than him. <laughs> like, yeah. See, that's... Like, like, it's it's funny at a point. Yeah. But at the same time, that kid's probably fucking crying because... Because he took the chance to go fucking dance yeah. on America's Got Talent and you're sitting on your fucking ass in a couch <laughs> being a lazy prick and saying, you fucking suck, I can dance better than you. Probably, you know. Yeah. Making yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. It's like rather than making yourself feel good, make other feel, make others feel good before you, and then. So why why do you think it's so easy to hate than to praise, like than to compliment? Because you're putting yourself out there. Challenge, you praise. yeah, you challenge it. You challenge yourself. You're defending yourself when you hate. Okay. Like Elaborate so, so same more. same thing with like student loans. Uh-huh. There's these pages that are like the student loan debt crisis. There's like that page. There's this one Facebook page. And every post they post is like, we're fucked. We're fucked. And then there's all these group of people that, that these group of we're fucked people that like and comment and share. And it's like massive. It's crazy. It's like one post gets hundreds, if not thousands of likes and all these like emotional comments like, oh, fuck this, you know, yada, 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 bullshit. It's because it's easy to hate the negative situation. Like, like, and there's people like, oh, you took the debt out. You're responsible to pay for it. Pay for it. Okay, I get that too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, let's just refocus the mindset. Yeah. And get past this, this, this hurdle and get to the next step rather than bitching, complaining, all this other stuff. Like, let's help each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like people... Just it, it's so easy for them to, to judge and and if they're not in that situation and they can like kind of they they feel like they're better really than those people who are suffering in debt. Uh, yeah. As opposed to like them having debt, they don't just have that. that same and I can go like, on. I, I'm thinking of already other stories, but I just don't want to keep telling stories about like shit like that. But it's like it's well, just I'm, the negative. Like so, next time. Yeah. You're commenting, or you're you're scrolling through those comments. I don't comment. Yeah, I don't comment on. But your next time you're scrolling through those comments, you know, say, "Hey, this kid uh, went to America's Got Talent. I think he's got balls for trying." 
Yeah. And comment that. Yeah. See, I would be, uh, yeah. No, no, I, I Or like, retweet I like it with a post on there. Yeah. And I'd be, like, way more aggressive about it. Like, but then all that, kid, buddies... that, kid, that kid took the chance. What the fuck are you doing? I'm yeah, hey, but ignore the, ignore the no, negative. No, but that's, that's a, to me, I think that's, that's the type of, the people that are willing to leave a negative comment like that, especially about a child, are looking for that exact reaction that you're posting, yeah. responding to. The, they yeah, they, like, they I love, wish, I mean, they love, these are yeah, the people I'm that sure. have no value in their life personally. Like, I wish I had these balls and interactions. Say something like that, you know, like. Putting yeah, yourself so, out there and all your yeah, friends yeah. will be like, oh, what a pussy, you're not going to talk shit. Because I think for, like, like, so in my personal situation, like, it's just, and I, I know I'm wrong for this, but like, it's so much easier for me to talk shit than it is to compliment. Like, I literally, like, yeah. it's like it's like pulling teeth for me to get a compliment out of me. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. much harder to compliment, like, praise people. So, yeah, so I'm, a, I'm on this, like, edge of, like, being stern with, like, some, some topics of, like, you have to be straight with some people. Like, you yeah. have to just tell them what it is yeah. so it's not, like, they don't keep believing this fluffy dream. Like, like oh, I'm gonna become the next American Idol singer and you hear me sing and you're just like, holy shit, like, Hey man, go ahead and try, but like, there's you some things couch? there's some things you need to overcome before you become the next American Idol singer. But I'll I'll be there to help you if that's what you really want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's sad because most of those hateful comments will get more react like reactions and, and interactions online than like you know a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes back to like just journalism or just news in general. If it bleeds, it leads. If people are are able to re- if, if your response, I mean, like you said, how. What in your in your in your experience have you reacted with uh, uh um with more emotion when something negative or someone has said something negative to you or something more positive to you throughout your life like if yeah, all, like yeah. like with Rachel's compliment it was nice and it made you feel good but yeah. if if say, uh, let's say a stranger walked past you and said those 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 glasses make your are terrible they're they're ugly you make your face look bad you would the the reaction that would be generated the emotional reaction out of you would be on a different level. Um, then the simple compliment would have. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more likely to respond to that dude than you know Rachel. I mean, I, yeah. I love I love that she complimented me, and I just didn't know how to take it. I was yeah. just like, oh, uh, yeah, you're just like, I, oh, hey. I still remember this one time, guy randomly walking down the street. I was going back to my car, and he's like, hey, dude, man, I like your shoes. And this was like a year ago. I still remember that guy. I'm like, that's the most random, yeah. like, act of, like, compliment. Rachel does that shit, like, yeah. regularly, like, like, every dude, day. like, a dude to another dude saying that? Yeah. Like, you we'll know. in a fucking jewel line. She'd be like, oh, my God, I love your skirt or yeah. your pants. Or I'm just like, what? I go in the car after I put the groceries in the car, and I'm just like, what did you just do? <laughs> I literally tell her that. I'm like, I'm just blown away. Hey, Rachel for president. Yeah. I I told you you gotta run for governor. Everyone knows you in Dilly Park. Like, <laughs> like you gotta run for governor. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. But actually, um, I don't. Did anyone else have anything they wanted to cover on that? Because I kind of it's a good transition in what I kind of I wanted to talk about with like culture. And um, can you read this real quick? This is to Will at Core BC. Uh, this is all on the background. Sending emails, but uh, but culture. So. Speaking of like meditation Can and. Can you read this later? I'm sending it right now. You don't have to read it. Do you want to read it out loud? Is it loud? No, I can't do it? Okay. It's classified. classified. But, um, let me see. Nick, do you have your phone on you? I do. Can you pull up uh, Instagram? So this is, there's this guy on Instagram. He's like, uh, he's probably like a teenager. Uh, I think he's from California. He's got like 100 pounds. I'm looking up. Um, I'll look him up. So his name is uh, Peter. 
Um, and he posts these videos every day. It's, it's like literally the same video, same three videos every day. It's like a good morning video, a good afternoon video, and a good night video. Pretty much he just starts the video, he goes, the first one of the day is like, good morning. He's like, I hope everybody has a blessed and medicated day. Mm. He's like, he's like, remember, always stay positive. Fuck the haters. And yeah, let's get it today. And then he just takes a massive rip of a, of a bomb. <laughs> and that's like my, like, me- that, that seriously is like my meditation. It's so weird. Like, and I just find just like. You want to watch like, it. You yeah. want to watch it's it. It's just so satisfying. Like, so I'm going to play this one. Where is it? Um, sorry, it's kind of dead radio right now, but I heard it off. Struggle. If you want something, there's gonna be a struggle, but just fight through that struggle, y'all. Cause you know why? It's gonna be all good, y'all. And at the end, we're gonna be like, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, in the end, it's gonna be like, yeah, let's get it. Yeah, so that was from like one of his like Instagram lives, and then but then these are like the videos that he like he posts like three times a day. <laughs> and it takes a massive uh, of his bomb. Can you watch? Uh, can you see the email I sent to Carolyn? And the points, I, I kind of like just like the way I read at those. But yeah, uh, so, that, yeah. What did th- you want to th- say about th- that? That's just kind of like my that, my, my meditation. Like he posts those videos three times a day, and I just I, I don't know. It's just something about it just makes me happy. I'm not much of like, like I, I'm not a stoner by any means, but I'm just like this kid is just so simple and like, but he just. He just says like the simplicity is key, and that's yeah. realistically that is your life. Yeah, be positive. Like, stop thinking it's so fucking elaborate. Yeah, stop thinking of all the people who bring you down. Do whatever the fuck you want. Have a blessed, medicated day. Yeah, do whatever makes you happy. Yeah, that's for sure. So well, I was thinking about like, context. What is? What did you want to talk about in regards to that about culture? Uh, so yeah, I was thinking like um, when Monday Night Hustlers gets like a big, big as like a media. Uh, mogul and conglomerate. I want to make this guy like, uh, like chief human officer. Like the intro outro guy. Yeah, I want. Well, no. Yeah, chief, have a chief, no, no, yeah, just, so, yeah. So every day, uh, uh, you know, if you know, if we ever get an office, we'll all come together uh, for a morning huddle, and he'll just he'll talk to everybody. He's like, "Hey, good morning, y'all. I hope everyone has a blessed and medicated day." Let's get it. <laughs> yeah. It takes a bath. Until everyone starts ripping bombs and gets nowhere with their work. Yeah, by, by lunchtime, you still have work as But no, yeah, just like shit like that. That That's kind of like what I need in my life. Like some people like motivation in different ways, like getting yelled at. Like, yeah, you know, played sports my whole life. Coaches motherfucking you and like saying all this stuff. But like I'm definitely like to the age now where I'm like, I don't need somebody yelling at me. And this kid's just like calm and just like very like passive about life. And I love it. I don't know. And then, so I guess, to my point about culture, what do you guys define culture as? And, uh, yeah, what do you guys define culture as? And how important is it in in life? First of all, it's very important. Second of all, I hate the word culture because it's used in the startup world so many fucking times. It's just so annoying. Uh It's like the word scale. It's just as bad. Um, How you gonna scale? How you gonna scale? Yeah. Uh, culture is something that one happens naturally at first 
but you do have to maintain it and you do have to refocus it and you do have to like kind of squeeze it together sometimes to stick to the mission mm-hmm. because people start straying away sometimes. Yeah. Not meaning that they're bad. I mean, sometimes you have a couple rotten apples in the bunch, but you have to just like, hey, this is our focus. Like, get back in this. This is like what we're doing, you know. But how and do you, that develops how do, that culture, but like it starts from the top. Yeah. Like I always had. So it starts with you guys. So what do you guys do? I always had managers complain in my previous jobs about this and that and this and that. I'm like, dude, you are the fucking role model that everyone's looking towards. Rather than browbeating this person, like yeah, I understand a pep talk, or like a, like a get together, or like a you fucked up talk. Like kind of thing. Yeah. But as long as you spin that around to like saying, hey, you fucked up, but like, let's take this back. This is what we're doing. This is why we're here. You know, like, and this is what you did wrong, but this is what we need to focus on. This is what you need to do. You know, and if that person, like, you know, if that person kept doing the same thing, obviously that's a rotten apple, but like. Culture needs fo- needs to be needs to have some type of uh, attention to it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't think you could just manufacture it. No, no, not at all. I, I'm, and, I agree and, with that. And, and I feel like in the startup world, they make it feel like you could manufacture it. That puts a lot of pressure on like younger companies where it's like, oh, you know, you need to worry about your culture. You need to worry about your culture. No, motherfucker, you need to work about, worry about making money right now because you're in a startup. And if you're worrying about culture when you're, well, when you're losing twenty to $100,000 a month, mm-hmm. there's something wrong. <laughs> and great, if you're Mark Zuckerberg and got $30 million or $100 million in funding, culture's important. But when you're not Mark Zuckerberg, like 98% of all other startups, if not 99 you need to worry about money. And in that money is like getting your team to worry about money and like, hey guys, we're gonna make this money, but we're gonna we're going to like do it in this awesome way. Yeah, but so how do you foster that though? I, I get like yeah, your main focus is to make money, but you still have to kind of foster some kind of good positive working environment. You have, well, you have to have direction <laughs> you can't and start, but you have yeah. to have a common kind of purpose mm-hmm. and make sure that everyone's aligned with what you wanna accomplish. In a startup like Dan mentioned, yeah, people are pushing culture way too soon for, for a company. When you have a team of seven people, you can't cultivate a culture. You could have, like, uh, friendships or, like, uh, well, like like you know, relationships. But, like, um, having someone focus on the purpose of, like, what we're trying to do or what any company's trying to do kind of drives that culture. Like, right, if everyone, like, on the leadership team is, like, this is our goal, this is what we're doing, you don't stray from that, people are going to either, like, fall in love with the passion and the, and the, and the vision and the goal and then kind of align with that culture. Um, you have to you have to make sure everyone's having fun because like, and you have to make sure that people like respect and like want to work with you yeah. because people don't leave jobs because of the and, job. People leave jobs because of the managers. And the number one and the number one thing to do is let people do their job. Well, no, this don't, is don't fucking manage the, like like obviously manage and direct them, especially in the beginning when yeah. they started like like put them in this path to success and. Let them fucking pave the road. Let them do their job. And, like, tell them, like, hey, why are you asking me this question? You know what to do. Just do it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if, unless there's, like, some crazy issue, like, come at me. And, like, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll resolve this problem. But, like, for the most for the most part of my employees, like, I don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, even though they're working next to me, literally, because there's seven of us now, I don't, like, I don't talk to them about what they need to do until, like, the next week. Like, yeah, I let them, I let do. them just, like, you know... Mm-hmm develop their their work progress or how they got to function and then like the next week later like hey what'd you do okay this this, and that uh we couldn't probably refocus it this way and do this like 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 don't tell them that you you did something wrong or like you did something right but it's like great this is great and this this needs work and we need to continue in this direction mm-hmm. and just like point them to the north star you know and like one of the best uh, like quotes I heard from one of these billionaires like I don't hire smart people to tell them what to do I hire smart people to t- tell me what to do yeah like just do it like yeah I know it's a business this is what we gotta do like how do we get there like this is why I'm paying you and not saying that we have any employees that have a $100,000 salary like some of these companies but at the same time it's like this is our mission this is our goal like I'm here to support you. And, like, some of our employees, like, we're not, like, knocking it out of the park with income. And they could definitely leave somewhere else and make probably double, if not triple, of what they're doing. But they're just happy where they're at. So why do you think that is? You keep saying... Let me interject here. You keep saying... You guys are dancing around the same thing. You guys are all saying kind of the same thing. And I agree to an extent that culture can't be manufactured. But you were talking about something earlier about having a manager or supervisor shouldn't just browbeat you. Um, that they should ha- exude leadership goals. They should uh, not necessarily hold your hands, but guide you, um, uh, uh, put you in positions where you can succeed and not overwhelm you. I-, I think that the culture, when culture is such an umbrella term, when you think of culture, you think of this huge overarching uh, kind of concept and then it encompasses you know millions of people or thousands of people. And you guys have a smaller company right now, but the culture you guys are... Are generating is exactly what you were talking about is that you don't want to oversee every minutia of what a person does with their day to day job. You want to give them the responsibility and the ability to showcase their skill set. Um, and that may be one of the reasons why these people see value and you guys are, and are happy with what they are actually doing is because they are uh, given the opportunity. There's a culture at, at your, and I want to relate to my job, there's a culture at your business that these people interviewed you know interviewed you they saw something in you and hired you and they're allowing for not to use such a uh, um i guess not a childish metaphor an old metaphor but they're allowing you to bloom or you're allowing them to bloom you're allowing them to showcase their skill set and their characteristics and prove their value um that may not be such a structured and and bullet pointed kind of culture but it's enough of a culture for these people to want to be a part of your company. So again, I don't think that, like you said, you can't just arbitrarily manufacture a culture, but you guys are representative There's, of what you want the company to be and what the culture will be regardless of... Yeah, and we're super small now, and there is a time where you grow and you have re- like crazy amounts of revenue and, and you have investors and all of this and you're hiring, like you go from like seven employees to a hundred employees, like in the matter of two to three years, like, it's crazy, and that's when you kind of, you have to take the time to, like I said, you know, smack everything together, like, focus that culture in a specific area, like, 
And that's as like a, a CEO or like the leaders of that company, that they do have to take the time to say, hey, we're still this. Like we've been growing so fast that I can't control these hundred new employees, but we have to, we have to, you know, shuffle everything in place to still stay in line of what we stand for and what we want to do and like what our mission is and like how we want to treat employees and how we want to compensate them and things like that. It's like, that's all super important, but there's a time. Like as long as you're conscious of it yeah. and as long as you're making an effort, especially in the early stages of like, like a business, there's, there's time. It's kind of like, I wouldn't even call it like raising a kid. Like when the kid's young, you know, he's screwing up left and right. It's like a young company, you know. You get, you try to like you know you know smack the kid around not literally but like say hey you know hey that's wrong that's wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is good this is good keep going keep facing that way mm-hmm. and then when when that when that person grows up he's got morals he's 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 doing well he's you know he's mentally and and physically in shape you know like things like that's what everyone dreams of mm-hmm. you know, no one dreams of like oh my my kid's gonna be Mark Zuckerberg or anything like that. Everyone just the dreams of like, hey, my kid's gonna be happy and have kids and can put a roof over his head, right. have a better life than I did. Like that's like that's what a company is. It's like I hope this company has a roof over their heads when they're twenty years old, and everyone's happy. And it, and it's hard to do. And you ask any fucking parent about raising a kid, you know, yeah. it's like. But it's it's kind of like raising a kid. It's like this culture that you have to it, it beat into the child. You got to beat into your company. You know, I, I've definitely had managers where they, they kind of just focus on just like, like now, 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 like results, 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 rather than like growing people or, or, yeah. or, or trying to, you know, foster them to, to do, to be on their own and do it. And, and it's to the point of like, you know, you get micromanaged and everyone hates to be micromanaged. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't really know what the psyche behind it is, but like there, for me, if I get micromanaged, like I, I will perform way worse. And I worked in automotive sales and like, I don't, I've never worked in logistics. We got a, the, your mom called things. Someone says it's insensitive. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Bad culture, they're catch bad culture. Yeah. I never. Yeah, so uh, Dan and Nick uh, debuted a new email, yeah. promotion email. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I mean. Real quick, I guess. Yeah, so I mean, w- the subject of our email was like, hey, your mom called, she wants to help you pay off your student loans. And after I sent it, I was like, hey, do you think it might be insensitive if, you know, someone's mouth passed or something like that? And that's exactly the kind of email we got back. Um, so, you know, gotta be careful, I guess, but, you know, you it's a message them. them. Yeah, yeah, I'll follow up with them. Are they really mad? No, it's just very offensive. Came to my company from me. Insensitive to say, I'm gonna pass away. You don't need to, you need to rethink, rethink your marketing. Yeah, I guess. No, just an apology. I mean, so, can yeah. you guys, like, res- resend all those emails? No, I'm not gonna no. do that. If yeah. we get if we get like backlash like crazy backlash then maybe yeah um, 
went crazy on subscribed or something. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, crazy. obviously, this person's mother. Right, right, yeah. It's a little heartfelt. Yeah, of yeah. course. So we're sorry to that person and anybody who gets offended by that. <laughs> yeah. No, not I mean, the, not not Dan and Nick's intention for sure. Right, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was more of a you know like, hey, your mom's always there to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when's the last time your mom called you? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And, you know, we're 28, 30 years old. My mom still fucking calls me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? What does it matter? <laughs> that was the best. It's like, where are you going? Out? Where? Outside of this house? It's <laughs> like, don't ask me where I'm going. I will say this, speaking of, of mother, I think that's what I, I love most about my mother. She was never like a micromanager. She was never like, I mean, to your point, like she never like, she never like told me not to do like bad things. She more like kind of like, steered me in a, in a way but like kind of where I figured things out on my own and I don't know if that helped me develop common sense on my own and self-awareness but I kind of think it might attribute to it well yeah I don't think I don't think parents give a lot of parents give enough credit to kids I mean uh, that was one thing my parents always oh. talked a lot about when I was growing up is that they wanted to they they trusted us as kids until we were no longer trustworthy. So if it was a situation where, you know, uh, I don't, in my experience, I never cut, cut class uh, from school uh, just because I was afraid of getting, I mean, I would have to go home and one of my parents would be home if, if I cut class <laughs> so I'd get my ass beat. Uh, um, but I think, I think that we've lost a lot of that uh, in, our, in our culture and society is that parents don't trust their kids enough to make the right decision. I think that they're always worried that they're going to make the wrong decision or if they do make the wrong decision and somehow in the process they're going to get hurt. And I feel like a lot of those lessons that kids can learn in that process will shape how they make those choices in the future. So I feel like, yeah, we don't do, going back to what your mom said, I think that was kind of, maybe she had an outright sit there and say, hey, I trust you enough to make the right decision. But I feel like as a parent, that's kind of what the underlying idea was, is that I'm going to give you the tools whether it's she might not outright sit there and, and go through the Ten Commandments, but just all your life experiences and things that she's taught you up to a certain point, she feels like she's giving you enough tools to make the right decisions. And when you make the wrong decision, you have the wherewithal enough to uh, learn from that mistake and be able to make the right choice. How did, how did your mom raise you, Ali? Did she give you the free bird? Did she? Did she the free she bird. The, the, did she let you off the leash? Yeah, I mean, there, there were times where she was kind of like, she would, I guess. Stop me from going out at times, or like she was a single mom thing. Yeah, yeah, but there, but most, but most of my life, it's kind of like I kind of just saw and experienced it myself. I. But you knew you'd get an ass whooping if something. Went oh out. yeah! Oh yeah, yeah! 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 That's the best parenting. Like I remember walking to school in first grade. Yeah. And we lived in the hood. Yeah. And I walked to school. Yeah. Almost like alone in a way. Yeah. And. I moved to my, like, the Burbs, or the Burbs, and my neighbor didn't cross a busy street, and I was freshman year in high school, and I, and I just look at him like he's, like, kind of a different species, you know, like, and I think the best way of, uh, of raising a child is just letting, letting, letting them learn, Mm -hmm. guiding them, and then just... I'm gonna keep saying smacking them, but like, but just like, hey, you fucked up. Yeah, I wouldn't say my and mom. This like, this is like, yeah. Mom wasn't a serial child beater. She just, you know, when I've 
My mom fucked. smacked me in the leg. That's the only time she hit me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but really she would... Up. That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, to, I mean, like, even not, like, so if I had a kid and, and like, well, my kid was in high school, so when I was at, at in high school, my mom made me take the bus and train every day to school, and to take the fucking bus and train from where I lived to high school, hour and a half each way. And sometimes when I, I mean, when I was playing sports, when I was playing football, wouldn't get out till like, what Scott, like six, seven o'clock. Yeah. And then I had to take an hour and a half bus and train at night um, home. I don't think I could do that now. I, I wouldn't I'll let my kid do that. I would probably have to go and like pick him up because I don't want. Well, I I wouldn't want my kid going on the CTA. I don't know. That's just me. Because yeah. I know how shitty that was to do that twice a day, five days a week. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was something your your mother consciously made you do that because she thought you'd benefit from that experience. Um, yeah, but I don't want my child to deal with that. So Did your parents help you buy your first car? Yeah, I, I, I just got my mom's, like, old car. Right, got a new one. Down. Yeah. I, uh... I'm a true believer in, like, giving a kid, giving a kid like, a couple hundred bucks to go figure it out and find a car. But nowadays it's so much harder, but, like, like, I... I'd say nowadays I, it's easier. I sold, I sold cars, so I've yeah. seen that shit. I've seen this lady that worked 80 hours a week, then, and she worked in the... She was one of, like, the producers to Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. She's like, I work 90 hours a week. She just... I, I like gave her a price. She's like, okay, where's the paperwork? Let, let me just get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And she spent $65,000 on two cars in a matter of two hours just to have her kids have two nice, safe cars. Because She made almost 200 k a year or something like that. She made a good income. Mm-hmm. But she's like, just give me this. I got them cars. They can go do whatever the hell they want. Like, Yeah. And I'm just like, you've just spent... Like they, she bought like the fully loaded models. There are small compact cars, and I'm sure, like I've dealt with people like get fully loaded like top level cars for their 16 year old kid. But I just like I didn't appreciate when parents did that. Like I didn't I didn't have the the room to talk. But like yeah, at the same time I just didn't I didn't like when when people talk that way. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, here you go. Here you go. When really, not, when really life not teach them a life lesson. comes back, like comes and slaps you in the face sometimes. And like, by doing things like that early, I feel like. Because your kids won't appreciate probably what they have. Yeah, it's going to be a hard hit, dude. Yeah, because then they know mommy can, mommy and daddy can just buy another one or, or yeah. whatever. Put a band and, and if you're like a multimillionaire or something like that, like great, you buy your kid, like, and and they probably won't get a, a rough slap in the face, but like my uh, girlfriend's like mother-in-law in a way, she is a lawyer and she has this lawyer lady that her her dad's like some super rich dude mm-hmm. and she didn't know people finance cars. Like she didn't know like people finance cars. Like I thought you just walk into a dealership and spend forty fifty thousand dollars Probably in her eyes, like a hundred thousand dollars. Like she didn't even have any concept, and she was thirty something years old. Yeah, like it's crazy. Like what? That is. Um, so we're coming up on the hour mark. We're gonna take a quick sponsor break, and we'll come right back. Yeah. All right, back from our sponsor break. Shout out Anchor. Uh, we're gonna pick it up again where we left off, talking about self awareness and common sense. This is also. 
pretty much this is Nick's deep thoughts. So Nick's Nick's gonna educate us. Let's get a deep thought session. Yeah, let's get a deep thought, Nick. Deep on. thought session. Deep thought session. So two components here: self awareness and common sense. I don't think they're necessarily related. Um, okay. So when I think of common sense, I think um, not necessarily self awareness but just awareness in general. Um, so being able to take feedback you're getting from external sources and doing something about it. Well, where self, where self, self-awareness is more um, understanding who you are mm-hmm. and understanding your traits, your strengths, your weaknesses. And, you know, one of the qualities of a good leader and someone that can manage people is... Um, the ability to uh, be self-aware. So a lot of people are delusional. A lot of people think, like, even, like, people that are self-aware sometimes get... To the point of where, like Dan said, I hire smart people to tell me what to do, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's... that's Yeah, I guess that's self-awareness, just being um, humble, being, um, uh, being able to show humility, and just kind of uh, going down that path. What I think, you know, I don't want to say... A lot of people lack common sense, but with um, what we hear, it's like in just everyday kind of media and social media and stuff like that. Um, we see a lot of people with very little common sense, and that that um, creates good entertainment. Um, but you know, yeah, um, these guys are doing some stuff. <laughs> some extracurriculars. Um, extracurriculars. Go back and listen to this conversation. Yeah. Don't walk away from your brother he's trying to talk. Yeah. I'm not. I'm in here. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think? Uh, do you think you're self-aware? Am I self-aware that I'm self-aware? I think I'm too tied up in my own thoughts sometimes. Yeah. yeah same. Same. I think I, I mean, I think I do possess self-awareness, but... That's just like self awareness is one piece of it. Being self aware, but then doing something about it. Like if you see like flaws, or not, good, not that you should try to cover up all your flaws, but acting. I, I try on, to improve. My, I mean, I definitely try to improve like my flaws. Yeah. Like, like I would say, like back in the day, I was a lot like when I was younger, I was a lot like angrier and and uh, more argumentative and stubborn. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So try when you were like, younger, not now. <laughs> he's definitely he's definitely turned a corner. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't know. I remember your rampages of. Uh, I'm right. I'm right. Discussions in a way. Yeah. Wow. And I don't I don't know where that that turned. I don't know if that was just with age. Um, but yeah, I know I know it's a problem. Stop getting hit in the head a uh, hundred times a week. I don't know if it was football. Um, oh, I I I attribute my uh, lack of aggression now. Um, Compared to, to when I first started hanging out with this guy to that. Yeah. I, mean, I think almost immediately after, like, freshman year of college was kind of when I mellowed out. Yeah. And again, maybe it was because, I don't know. Well, you I and I, you and I, 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 you and I, you yeah. Fucking I, fought all the time. I, I remember, I remember you used to be laying on the, the practice field waiting for practice to start. You'd be laying on your shoulder pads and I'd come up and kick your shoulder pads underneath your, from underneath your head. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, I don't know. You definitely didn't, I mean, I would say in college we even still argued then too. Well, yeah, no, we argued, but that, that, I was just being, kind of, my intent was just to be a dick, malicious, I mean, it was, yeah, there was no, yeah. um, 
Oh yeah, I, I, I st- not that I disliked you, but I just felt that there was constant animosity between us, and I had to uh, showcase that I had animosity for you. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, of course, in college when we got older, um, we still argued all the time. But so if I was getting into investing, I feel like the self aware. I mean, like you yeah. said, it's like a year ago. I think that you've gotten enough life experience and have been able to understand and ju- that that your aggression and uh, your the emotional response that you have to things isn't justified. I mean, yeah. me, like I said, I'm one of those people that I hate driving because unless it's early in the morning or late at night where there's little traffic on the road, I'm just constantly MFing people and on edge. And, I've learned not to and, say. And that's what I'm saying is I've, I, the older, recently I've been trying to just let things go. I mean, you know, interrupt that that uh, uh, that invoked response that someone cutting me off or someone driving you know extremely slow normally it would get I could feel my my blood boil get to the point where I'd want to lash out just verbally in my car and now I'm starting to understand that I can interrupt that process and realize that lashing out is not uh, it's not worth it it's not worth the emotional response at all yeah I I wrote, I wrote a tweet by uh, by by a WWE wrestler his name is Samoa Joe. And uh, his tweet read, uh, if I remember this correctly, was, uh, I, I measure a person's intelligence by uh, the amount of uh, emotion that, that is involved in, in their, you know, argument or, or their point to where, if, you know, if you're letting your, your emotions get the best of you, then you kind of take away from what you're trying to, um, what, what you're trying, trying to, to get across, yeah, what yeah, you're trying, trying to portray, yeah. Yeah, you see that in debates all the time, like televised debates, or you just talk. I YouTube is full of people giving debates. The person that is the most level-headed and and follows a logical uh, yeah. form of reason in their argument, as opposed to basing it on you know some moral uh, um, uh, pedestal or just their emotions. Yeah, they, you, you can, as a person, as an audience member, you can always, yeah. almost always choose the person's. Because I mean, for me, back in the day, when I was, yeah, when I was a kid, it was, or when I was younger, I was just. It wasn't about being level-headed. It was about yelling over everyone and letting them hear me. Like that's how I would try to win arguments. Would just yell over. You everyone. see that all the time. The people think the louder they get, yeah, the more valid their point is. I definitely learned that that's you just look dumber, real dumb. Yeah, I learned a lot about active listening and um, and being you know, I don't know active listening and instead of sitting waiting there to give your response listening and kind of not speaking over someone was mm-hmm. interrupting and stuff like that um, that's uh, a really good quality like a personality quality but also at the same time um, what was the other thing I just had in my mind um, oh like when you speak slower and you don't try to rush all of the words out of your mouth and kind of Very guilty get of everything out yep. Because, like, that shows, like, no offense, that shows lack of confidence when you're trying to push everything out. And I do it all the time because you're afraid that the person that's listening to you doesn't find what you're saying is interesting. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to get it out all as quickly as possible to keep their attention as opposed to kind of pausing. It's totally true. Hanging them on your words. That's like Obama, no matter what you think of, of him politically. Like, he was really good at communicating because... He paused, he had, you know, you hanging on his next word, um, and just speaking slower shows a little bit more confidence, shows that, you know, you understand that you will have this person's engagement because you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just, I, I just find that interesting. Yeah, no, no I, 
I agree a thousand percent. And uh, definitely, me, uh, younger me was all about what you just said, yelling, talking really fast, yeah. um, not giving topics, I guess, uh, a chance to breathe, and just trying to like say everything what's on my mind, say my points fast as possible, as loud as possible, and it just you just come off looking like a fucking ignorant asshole. There's, I've, there's this, I don't, I can't think of the name of the technique, um, as you all know, I kind of like to listen to, uh, um, like, philosophers, intellectuals speak to each other, and there's this one thing that, it's kind of a, a newer concept, and like I said, I don't know who proposed it, but these philosophers and intellectuals and academics have been trying to, uh, practice this, the, um, uh, this technique, and it comes, uh, it, you can't do it in kind of day-to-day conversation, but if you are going to be a speaker or, or argue a, an opinion or um, validate an opinion, uh, lots of times there's this technique essentially is that when you are arguing with somebody, after the person has given has argued their point, the person that's receiving the argument that was on the receiving end of the argument tries to say the the, say, the person's argument back to them and allow them to agree with. So, so the person that's, that is arguing against this person um, would take everything that they have to say and, and regurgitate it back to the person who is arguing it and, and allow them to say, well, this is how I'm viewing your, your, your opinion. It's kind of lo- how and lawyers get their people out. Like they I'm doing so a terrible job of explaining this. it. Yes, and you're telling exactly. me this. Is, this. is this your point? They're essentially just coming back with what they're saying yeah. and allowing the, the person who originally came up with the argument to say yes, that's exactly that's how so, I do this. And, and that's just a trick that a lot of people use, like therapists. Yeah, I feel like that's like at some point, like you feel like you're getting cornered. Like, all right, how are you going to use this against me if I'm on the receiving? I'm not going to lie. After ten years almost of selling cars, I just got to the point, like I knew every rebuttal, I knew like every how people acted, rejection, like re- like the the. The vibe of the person, like, I dealt with it all. And I was not trying, like, my last year. And I was, like, and working part-time. And I was still, like, number two. Num- like, and obviously the guy that was number one, like, he was just there. He was there 80 hours a week. Like, he worked more than I ever did. Mm. And, uh... Like, I and just got... I did, like, like, yeah, that's why, like, people, like, hire these professionals of, like, just knowing... Every because it's about the it's about overcoming the rebuttals, dude. It's not about the product. It's about like how the person feels. You overcome that rebuttal. The the comfort you overcome that rebuttal. The the interests you overcome that rebuttal. The the product. Then then you start talking about the product. Then you like overcome that rebuttal because you've been there so many times and you've dealt with like any kind of fucking situation and it's like you, you're just there but then after a while like you need to you need to progress that person that's what that's where like the place I worked at like messed up because I really wanted to progress but they're like you know I was just doing so well they kept me on the floor yeah and I like the last year I just remember like telling myself I I love this but I hate this at the same time it's like why? Because I was just bored. Like, I don't want to say, oh, I was too good for my job. Because, no, it was always, like, frustrating at some points. But, like, I just knew the steps. Like, I did them for nine years. Like, 
but you know, but I, I think. And now I'm like encountering these new, like it's because I started when I was 18, dude. Uh-huh. 18 to 27, 28 years old. It's like, it's like footwork. Like, you know, you're, you're like already on that track of mm-hmm. like you yeah. were just like bred into it in a way. And, and I think now like, I enjoy like the, the struggle in yeah. a way of like, fuck, this is hard, dude. Like, how do I, how do I get around this? Like, how do I really work around this? And, like, with business-to-business sales, like, it's, like, very psychological, dude. Oh, of course. I mean, you're, you're trying to get someone to, to spend a shit ton of money. Yeah. I just getting know. them over that hurdle. And just yeah. getting them What's to right? respond, dude, in general. It's like, you know, that's, like, so such a... But I think going back to your point of, like, you getting bored and... I mean, not... And, and I definitely understand where, where you're coming from about... Like, not that you were too good for your job, but, like, you just didn't get the satisfaction because, like, you just... At the end of the day, I'm not trying to take away from car salesmen, but, yeah, you're just a car salesman. And I think yeah. what, you, I mean, what you've what you done with, you just with change... More. Car salesman yeah. always looks slow, but it's a fucking tough job. I'm you not sure. No. Yeah. I feel like it's everyone so... should sell cars for a year after college yeah, or something. Dude. Yeah, like I'm not... Sales. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not looking down on, on being a car salesman, but, like, I, I think... And, and, then, and what you've done here with, with change is, like, you re- like you are now like you you're making this huge impact. Uh, you may not see it day to day, but like there are people all around the country who are using your app, and you're impacting their lives because of the product you guys came up with. And I think that speaks to a lot about you know you guys and taking that chance and that risk. And I think that's coming back to the whole mo of Monday Night Hustlers of like yeah. Yeah. trying to do something that you're passionate about. That you want to make an impact, and you and you want to follow your dreams, follow your heart, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, <laughs> <Fun rip. laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to close on like one thought on sales, mm-hmm. and then a, uh, an article um, I just recently read on Bill Gates and four things that leads to happiness. So, um, first thing, when you're talking to someone, you're developing the relationship. I find that it's people always feel better on the opposite end. If they speak more. So, like, if they're the ones that are talking more, they're going to feel better leaving the situation. So, if you feel good leaving a conversation or what an introduction meeting someone, you feel good because you talked a lot. The other person doesn't, I feel like, doesn't feel as good because they were just listening. So, if you're getting your word out and you're explaining your story and you're talking about what you're doing, they're going to feel better. So, it's best, like, in a sales capacity, just sit back and listen. Gee. Sit back and just kind of hear like, what they've got to say. Professional car sales, like life lifers, come up to me. He's like, I know why you sell cars so well. He's like, because you look like you just don't give a fuck, dude. But you're not. Like, but you're I, sitting there and you're listening. Yeah, and that's what I would do. I would just, I would literally like sit there, like in in the last dollar negotiations, and sit back in my chair and just be like, Yeah, I get it. Like, I understand, like, yeah, you know, like, whatever it was, but it was, it was that nonchalant, like, what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. But maybe it's not just, like, everyone should sell cars, I think everyone should just be in, like, a certain type of service industry. Yeah, I think think selling cars is you get so many different aspects, like, selling everything else, Mm -hmm. like, if you're in real estate, Mm -hmm. you're usually, like, in a segment of real estate. You don't sell $10 million houses and you don't sell $30,000 houses, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You're like, you might get some in and outs every once in a while, 
Yeah, but you can, say, cars, the, you can like, say the same thing about cars. If you're selling Benzes, you're dealing with a certain type of person. If you're selling Hyundai, you're dealing you know, with a certain I'm just saying, like, still in real estate is crazy. Business is business. I think it's still left field, but crazy. But, like, cars, you get, like, business guys. You get people that, like, are in the industry. You get people that are, like, think they know they're in the industry because it's such a big industry and they're, like, Mr. Professional. You get, like, <laughs> foreigners. You get, you know, like, just every, like, Corner of the the bucket, but yeah, but work. I, I think yeah, get work, it? work get a it? job. Corner of the bucket. Square buckets. Everyone just yeah. work a job where they have to at least deal with people on a day to day basis, like like different types of people every single day, um, and I think that'll help you develop yeah. as a person. Yeah, that's um, key. Understand other people and 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 their views. Regardless if you're selling cars or if you're working at a fucking ice cream shop. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to deal with a bunch of different people. Always. Uh, yeah, no, back to Nick. So there's more. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to close on this. Um, so I recently read an article on Business Insider. And it's about Bill Gates and the four simple things um, that makes what? him happier now at 63 than when he was at uh, 25. Uh, first thing is following through on your commitments. So I'm good. Um, so speaking of that, I feel like it's, you gain a lot of respect and you gain a lot of confidence when you follow through on your commitments. And I've always wanted to be the person that says, or when someone says, you know, Hey Nick, do this. And that person asking that question knows that a hundred percent that thing's going to happen because Nick follows through on his commitments. And I'm not always like that, but you know, I I try to improve and make sure that, you know, I've been really bad, like, at some points, like, just with hanging out with friends, like, yeah, I'll call you later, or yeah, like, uh, I'll stop by the shop with Syed or whatever, so yeah, I might come or might not, but, like, just saying either no, or saying, yeah, I'll be there, and then 100% that person knowing that that will happen. Um, another thing you mentioned uh, was having a mindset of giving, that kind of goes back to what can Dan I, mentioned. Can I take a step back? I was just listening to uh, my personal MBA book. And the guy was like, if someone's having a heart attack in the store and you say, call 911, everyone's going to assume someone's calling yeah. 911. Point but if you someone. point your finger and say, you, call 911. Yeah. yeah. That's, why, that's why like, group, I don't like group texting unless it's for like fun. If I need something done, it's like do something. I send a, uh, like, hey, are you coming to this to that specific person? Because I don't want to deal with like group text and like, oh, I don't answer. Like, yeah. I rarely answer group. Hey, text. text me back if you're coming. You know, yeah. like in yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot less passive, more direct. Yeah. Uh, having a mindset of giving that talks to you know, what Dan was speaking about earlier in terms of um, being grateful, giving compliments, having that mindset. I feel like will make you a happier person in the long run. This is something that kind of pissed me off because I don't do it but treat your body as a sacred temple um so understanding that you know this body that you're in you need to treat need to treat right yeah yeah like the business and if you're you know drinking eating whatever doing whatever you're not gonna be in top of line of what you can do mentally or physically uh and the last one's being put family first and I suggest put family and friends first um so that's the last time from a billionaire, billionaire's uh, mindset. Oh, that's the last on his list? Yeah, the four things. So you put the first thing last? That was the last on his list. Putting okay. family first. 
Putting well, family first closing, was the last thing out, was closing, I mean, he closed out the article. With that. Like, that's, those are the four, last, four things. That's the last thing that people are going to think about. That, yeah. that's, that's it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a ranked list. That's well thought out. It wasn't a ranked list. Oh, okay. But Still yeah, I, well I thought out. Even if it's not numbered, it's even more well thought out. Yeah. Because yeah. I could see you numbering it and wanting to... Yeah, this is number four. Maybe the last one. Does anybody else want to leave anything Can else? we talk about Amazon wishlist real quick? Yeah. Dan, what do you want? Uh, so, I know I mentioned the uh, $1,000 giraffe in earlier episodes. Uh-huh. The price has now gone up to uh, 1350 Got that Amazon mention. Uh-huh. Uh, I think there's a monetization strategy with this. Bumping, yeah. bumping product prices. Get a uh, get media attention and then just bump, bump a uh, cut of the sales. Yeah, but that's kind of how Amazon makes their money. Why would they give you a cut? With other companies, though. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, uh, all you listeners out there, when we create Dan's wish list, you should put when we put something out there. Buy it right away, or else <laughs> you know the price should go up. <laughs> this should be a bunch of people. You know, be even funnier. Yeah. If if people just rated it and we told them what to say on the rating, like it would just did like, it, fifteen didn't, ratings. Didn't like John Oliver or somebody do that? Like where they like respond to yeah. like, but like we'd thing. have them say some weird shit and be like, yeah, yeah this TV uh, just made me want pickles or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, do you do you remember the Amazon reviews? Those used to be like the best reads ever. I haven't found any good ones. <laughs> Yeah, the the $30,000 TV. I remember that one. Oh my god, like, that was... Dude, I'm still... It's probably still getting comments. Oh yeah. Know. It's like, yeah, I... Um, I, I, thought, I, bought, I bought this TV. Uh, thank God it came in this huge box and now I got something to live in too. <laughs> yeah, like that. Or like, uh, I saved it for a down payment for the house for a family, but I decided to buy a TV or something. Like, crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. Good thing I got the box to live in. Um, but... Yeah, we'll end on that. Um, next next week, I'll I'll be in Vegas, so maybe we can test Anchor's conference app. Sure. And we can uh, a conference conference? Feature, conference feature, yeah. And then I'll I'll call you guys from from Vegas, <coughs> and we can have an episode. And can you do it at the roulette table so you can bet, play some bets? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That'd, be, That'd be funny, yeah. But I don't think you can you can't have your phone out. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll just oh, have, right. have Danny have it in his pocket. And he's just sitting behind you, and you can just have he a conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah, I could do that. Put it in your front pocket. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll try to do that next week, and then I'll probably be just a very defeated human being. Um, hopefully, I don't lose. You won't. You won't. And uh, I'll w- we'll upgrade upgrade the fucking uh, the pod. I'll okay. invest. Yeah, the equipment. I'll, I'll invest in in the MacBook. You got like ten k. The mic. Back with an extra ten k. Yeah. So. Thank you guys again for listening. Uh, appreciate it. If you haven't already, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes now. Um, and yeah, we'll see you uh, next week. I'll leave you with uh, the big homie, Peter710. Good night, y'all. Hope everyone have a medicated weekend. Remember, y'all, stay positive. Fuck the haters. I got some Gorilla OG in this Megatope XL. Yeah, let's get it, y'all. Streets told me to. This is like a thing? Like a remix of the song? Yeah. I like you, we could do it. We could do it.
because I see uh, Chris yeah. Brown. Are yeah. You know, Started from the bottom, now we up. Made 10 million in a year. Still got niggas doing years. I can't wait for them to get home so I can put my niggas on. Sipping rose in the club. My niggas smoking loud in the cut. Looking like money and I'm feeling like money, so I'm still yelling, turn down for what? That's a bad bitch, you gon' fuck. Still got them pistols on top. I don't like these pussy rappers, I slap their head backwards. When they see me, they don't even say what's up. Small world, a lot of rap niggas fuck on the same bitches. Niggas really be bitches, telling bitches they business. Niggas really be snitching, go to court and be a witness. Niggas really be broken, gotta really be getting it out. Fuck a car, no nigga, I ain't paying that. Mansions over here, nigga, where you staying at? With your homeboy, you on your roommate shit. You ain't get no pussy, she ain't finna let you hit. You got to get your own crib, nigga, first. Condo or apartment might work. If you don't keep a fresh pair of shoes, your damn show can't buy a purse. He hold paying attention, nigga, understand that. Loud, you want what you can Instagram that. I should get a hundred thousand likes. Only fuck the bitch once, but I burned the head twice, nigga. Money, nigga, fall in love with hoes. It's 2013, nigga, anything goes. You know you can't trust a motherfucker, so. Too many lame niggas out here acting like hoes, nigga. Rich crest, nigga, from the bottom of the map. Talking about me, I knock your bottom out your mouth. We ain't about doing no explaining. All my young nigga about banging. Fuck a fuck, nigga, what a real nigga that. Fake niggas, show me what a real niggas at. CMG is what we claiming. Stand the clip for this, what we aiming. Started from the bottom, now we up. Made 10 million in a year. Still got niggas doing years. Can't wait for them to get home so I can put my niggas on. Oh. Uh-huh.